Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 3rd, 2012, and today we are reading from the big book. We're in the chapter entitled, There is a Solution. We're on page 18 at the very top. And today's readers are Carol P., Fran, Penny E., and Judy B. We thank you very much. And the share code for Friday's meeting Friday, August 31st, was 2940, 2940. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Du to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Stu, Compulsive Overeater, The Twelve Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. We were entirely ready to to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made a direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and for the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I will now call on Melanie to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. My name is Melanie, living recovered here in Minnesota today. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, There is but one ultimate authority, 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And then I'll pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter entitled, There is a Solution. We're on page 18 at the very top of the page, and I will ask Carol P. to begin, please. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Carol, compulsive overeater. An illness of this sort, and we have come to believe it, an illness involved those about us in a way no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him, and no one is angry or hurt, but not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it there comes annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. It brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives, and parents. Anyone can increase the list. Um, Annihilation to destroy completely, totally, and utterly. I could see the effects of this disease on my body, and 
I could see my thinking was a little bit warped, um, but I told myself I was only hurting myself, um, that, you know, what I did didn't affect anyone else. And, you know, I found that that was true. That was a lot of denial there, too, because um, I, I just didn't, you know, part of that I didn't want to believe that I had hurt anyone uh, by what I was doing to myself uh, with food. Um, it all became just too big for me. It was too much. I couldn't control it. Um, you know, and I found this this program, and I realized I needed a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity, to solve this problem. Um, I needed to get in touch with that power, and that had to happen for me through this program, um, through this very big book and the fellowship. And the most important thing was... You know, that was what I found here was that power greater than myself. And um, I'm just so, so grateful for it. Um, it was so different than anything else out there, um, you know, because of the spiritual part of, of this program. That's what made it different. And that's what it made it work for me and saved my life, which, um, like I said, I'm very grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. You know, I think so many times we think, well, that's true with alcoholism, but I'm just a compulsive overeater. I just hurt myself. You know, and it's telling us that it touches everyone who's near us. You know, it brings misunderstanding. I mean, my emotions were all over the place. People never knew what to expect when I walked in the room. You know, fierce resentment. I mean, how undependable I was. I never. I was hung over from the food, so I couldn't get up to go to a, go to work on time. I would say I was going to a party, and the outfit I bought three weeks before doesn't fit, so I just wouldn't show up. I wouldn't even cancel. I just wouldn't show up to different events. You know, I it got to the point that I was too obese to to participate with a lot of things without being embarrassed because I would trip and I would fall and I wouldn't, you know, I would go into rooms that had arms on it and I didn't want to be there because because I, my, I would stand up and the chair would come with me because I was too heavy to sit in a chair like that. You know, financial insecurity. You know, I, I, I couldn't barely make a living. You know, it's, it's all statistic that obese people make 8% less than most people. But not only that, you know, I would pay my bills, and after I pay off my binge foods, I couldn't afford my bills. You know, disgusted friends and employers, warped wives and blameless children, wives and parents, anyone can increase the list. You know, we are that tornado going through the life of others, and we like to downplay it. Like to say, no, 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 I just eat too much, I sit in my house, and I don't bother anyone. But we have to recognize that the havoc that we are creating, it engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers and not just ourselves. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, my name is Susan. I am a compulsive reader. I'd like to share, please. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, I think uh, uh, where it says all things annihilates all things worthwhile in life, and I have written out the side as non-functional, not present. Uh, without morals, um, and 
this was this is true this was true for me before I came in to the program and it's true for me as I struggled to become abstinent um over the last year a couple of years there's been no big chunk of abstinence and so my uh the way my family's been affected is it's kind of like okay that's over thank god okay we're on, we're on the right track oh no there she goes again and um i think that's maybe even more painful than than either being totally out there um um it's just there's just no dependability and um so i just wanted to share that that's that's how i'm feeling this morning that you know um um abstinence is so so vital uh, as as is working the steps to become recovered um because of the the yo-yo effect of emotions uh finances and um uh, um and and um, just not being awake, not being awake to to life. So I appreciate you letting me share. Thank you much. I pass. Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Monica. Monica, please go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and and an illness of this sort. And we have come to believe it an illness. I think this is very important here, what they're telling us in the beginning of this paragraph here. That we, who's we? We are the 100 recovered people in Bill who helped to write this book. And we have come to believe it an illness. And who was the one that first said it was an illness? It was Dr. Silkworth who came with this information to Bill that alcoholism was an illness and that had a twofold disease, uh, twofold part to it a physical part the allergy of the body and a mental obsession the mental part and so they're saying an illness of this sort and we have come to believe it an illness and that's great news here because before this time before this book and even today we still see it you know people feel think that alcoholism an alcoholic is without morals is weak you know and here it, we're, we're being told there, it's an illness. It's a medical illness. There's something else here. And they go on to say, well, if a person has cancer, all are sorry for him, and no one is angry or hurt. You know, again, they're bringing out the fact that, you know, there's a lot of prejudice against alcoholism. And we also have a lot of prejudice against um, compulsive overeating. People don't understand. People do not know it's a disease. So we are also treated that way frequently with disgust, with, well, you know, just push away from the table a little bit. Just, you know, just take a little bit. Um, just cut it in half, you know. They don't understand. They don't know. But here we're being told we have an illness. And I think that, for me, that was a lot of hope, you know. It wasn't all in my head. I wasn't just a weakling. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, this is Catherine. May I share? Of course. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. This is Catherine, a compulsive reader from Massachusetts. And as I listened to this paragraph, I was reminded of the bedevilments listed on page 52, uh, that we were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. And we couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. And for me, coming out of denial that 
um, there was nothing wrong with me that, you know, I, I could control things and that, you know, I, I wasn't a true compulsive overeater. But, you know, once I came to that realization, once I read these bedevilments, I, I saw the, the uh, I want to say, the inside of this disease, uh, the uh, inner manifestation. The outer manifestation was the, was the weight, but the inner manifestation of my behaviors, my, my reactions in life. I had to come out of denial and realize that, yes, I, too, am one of these. And um, once... I I could do that. I could I could accept the 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 problem, and I could surrender. And on that became my recovery. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you. My name is Leah. I'm a compulsive overeater. The statement here, but not so with the alcoholic illness. For with it, there goes annihilation of all the things worthwhile in life. Um. You know. <laughs> They say that the greatest loss in life is death, but uh, my my experience is that perhaps the greatest loss in life is dying inside while you're still alive. I didn't know what I was up against. You know, I knew I was a compulsive overeater. Yes, I did, but I did not understand the depths to which uh, this disease would take me. You know, uh, when I finally surrendered, it was because I had been destroyed by the disease. Uh, my life was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards. You know, there was not an area of my life that was not affected by this disease of compulsive overeating. Compulsive overeating touched every aspect of my life. My physical life, obviously, my spiritual, my social, you know, my my mental, my emotional life, um, every facet of my life deteriorated. You know, uh, just like in recovery, every facet of my life has improved. It goes on to say here, it engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. Indeed, that's so true. I had food stains all over my relationships uh, because... As the big book says, we're like tornadoes roaring through people's lives, you know, uh, with those bedevilments that were just mentioned. I mean, the, it's like living with a compulsive overeater is like trying to walk through a landmine. We are so emotionally unpredictable, you know, so emotionally unpredictable and, and lack the stability and predictability that's necessary in a healthy relationship. So uh, for sure we are... We are um, just, you know, <laughs> we, it, the big book describes us as, uh, you know, sweet relationships are dead and we destroy those affections. Those affections that we have with other people are uprooted by our behavior. And indeed, that is um, certainly something I can attest to in my own personal life. You know, just like the recovery has certain results to it, there are results of disease. You know, no close friends, the family won't talk to you, you know, uh, you feel angry, you're unresponsible, unreliable, undependable, inconsistent, people have to walk on eggshells, we're touchy, we're, in, we're insensitive unless it has to do with ourselves. You know, it's, it's very, very um, challenging for those that live with us. 
And it is a self-imposed crisis. So although no one would get angry with someone who has cancer, uh, you know, people look at our illness, and yes, there is resentment that they have towards us. That is absolutely the case. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Christy. Christy, go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, this is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, you know, the other day I was watching the news and there was a news story about a gentleman who had been diagnosed with an illness for which there is no treatment. There is no treatment at all. And, you know, a, certainly a tragic story. Um, a tragic story. And, you know, he, he would do anything. You know, he would do anything. You know, he's trying to raise money so that he can, you know, contribute to a fund that can hopefully, hopefully help, you know, research and development so he can find a cure. He is desperate. He is desperate. And um, what this paragraph tells me is that I also have an illness. You know, we've been reading about this illness all the way up through all of the Roman numerals and up through page 17. We've been reading about our illness. And now this chapter entitled, There is a Solution, tells me that there's a solution for my illness. You know, the outline of my problem, someone already mentioned, I've got an allergy of the body and, you know, an abnormal reaction to food, an abnormal reaction to food, an allergy of the body in relationship to food. You know, in my particular case, sugar, fat, flour, volume, that's how I have an abnormal reaction to food. And then the greater aspect of my disease, which certainly is the obsession of the mind. So what this paragraph says to me is that... Um, you know, this, this is an illness, and what the big book is telling me, especially in this chapter, is that there is a solution. There is a way to address that. Put those foods down that cause me trouble, and then get busy. Get busy with the greater aspect of my disease, the mental obsession. You know, for me, in my particular case, um, you know, I, I mean, I... I you know, I was introduced at least to recovery, um, the possibility of recovery in 1994. And um, I just said, nah, I don't think so. You know, maybe it was because I didn't really understand the full nature of my illness. I'm not really sure. But, you know, I kind of spun around for five years before I said, you have treatment, I need it, I'll take it. And I grabbed it. And in the meantime, and in the meantime, I wasn't a good employee because I was in the bathroom stall, in the bathroom stall, eating. I wasn't a good partner because I wanted to get in a fight so my partner would leave the house so I could be alone with my food. I, wasn't, I, I was not a human being that was present in my life. And I missed out on my teens, and I missed out on my 20s, and I missed out on my 30s. And I'm grateful today that I said, finally, I have an illness. You have treatment. I want treatment. I want treatment. And I'm so grateful that it's here for all of us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christy. And we're going to move on to the next paragraph with Fran, please. Good morning. This is Fran, compulsive overeater. We hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or may be affected. There are many. Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. 
Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly, properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. And uh, where it says here, we hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or may may be affected. There are many. Um, that that just is just such an awesome thing, just that there is a solution and that this volume is going to help educate people because before this time, so many alcoholics ended up, you know, either in an insane asylum or um, dead or um, the only other, through this volume, uh, the possibility of recovery. But just to for families even to have this information, to be informed, is just an awesome thing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Fran. Would anyone like to comment on what's been read? This is Janice. Janice, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. We hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or who may be affected. There are many. There are many. And, yes, as as we've been talking about in the paragraph before, that there are many, many people whose lives are touched by this illness, other than just the one who suffers. Yes, indeed, they are. But we needed this information. You and I, if you're anything like me, you and I needed this information, and I needed it desperately. You know, I needed this as a textbook to explain who I am and what I'm up against. Yes, this volume informed me, and it comforted those around me who could understand better what it was that we were facing. Because I don't know about you, but many families, friends, parents, wives, intimate friends, who tried to talk to me about what they saw happening, who standing on the outside and watching me were absolutely flabbergasted when once again, after hearing me say over and over again that this time it was going to be different, this time I was going to be able to do it. And they would watch me once again be in the depths of despair and picking up the food once again. You know, and I too, highly competent psychiatrist, I too went the round of doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists and and groups. And they tried to help me. But I couldn't be honest. I couldn't be rigorously honest with them. How could I? How could I? I had no idea what was really wrong with me, and I thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. And you wrap your mind around a compulsive overeater in her cups, a compulsive overeater picking up over and over and over again. And we are a baffling lot. We are a baffling lot because people offer what they think is help. They offer what they think is a way out and what their treatment might be. And I could not do it. 
and I could not do it. And it was hard for me to discuss that because I felt crazy. How could they understand? How could they understand? And I was in isolation. Isolation, even more unapproachable by those who loved me the most because I could not see a way out. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to comment on what's been read? It's Rick. Um, Rick, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Rick. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. What uh, the authors are doing here is they're starting to introduce the idea that, quite simply, it takes one to know one. Um, If we remember back to Bill's story, Bill was a recovered alcoholic, but yet he had not yet passed the message. He was bouncing around for about six months before he made that call to Dr. Bob. And at that point, when he and Bob hooked up, then Alcoholics Anonymous began. Um, they're going they're going to go on and explain that idea further in the next few paragraphs. The man who was properly armed with facts about himself can win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. We can't pass on a message that we don't have. If we are armed with the facts, if we have worked the program, we've seen results, then we know what we're talking about. We can pass this message on. Until that point, we only can give a little bit of advice and maybe a little bit of experience, but it's the idea of finding that spiritual solution and then passing that on to another human being that this fellowship is based on. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. Anyone else like to comment on what's been read? Hi, this is Nicole. Nicole, go ahead. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Vision, for you. My name is Nicole. I'm a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. I, too, wanted to comment on um, the first sentence there. We hope this volume will inform and comfort. And what I think is so telling about that is um, there is power in information, in being informed, to know this is an illness and not just some emotional problem. Um, Imagine the victim that has cancer going to specialist after specialist and being told, oh, well, you know, you need to just think positively about your cancer. Or, you know what, just, just cut out this product from your life and that should help your cancer. And never giving a true solution to their problem, it would be just as frustrating as how we go from doctor to doctor, program to program, nutritionist to nutritionist, never getting a solution. So it is so important to be informed that this is an illness. It is actually a relief to know it is an illness. But what a comfort to not only know it's an illness, but to know that there is a solution. In my office the other day, it was um, by the grace of God that I happened to walk into the back room where one of our medical doctors was trying to help a man that is in excess of about 300 or so pounds. And I knew this couple well, and as she was going over the new nutritional program that he should be following, I could just see that glaze coming over his eyes. His wife sat there completely frustrated because now she was going to have to do all of this new cooking and things like that. 
And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, I cannot wait for them to, to go home so I can call them personally and give them the information and give them the hope and the comfort. And um, when I had done that, I'm not a sponsor yet, but when I had done that and I had shared about my own compulsive overeating and how I, I knew that feeling of being told what to do but having absolutely no strength to do it and how I had also been to doctor to doctor, the wife was so relieved to know the information, so relieved. But then I was able to give her the comfort of how God is truly has truly lifted off of me this this mental obsession. So she was so excited to look into OA, and I was so thrilled to be able to just relate and and um, and just provide that for them. And I just I was so brought back to when I too was going from program to program, just that 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 despair of no one understands what I'm going through, and it would be like a person with a serious illness just not getting treated effectively. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on what's been read? I'm Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. This statement here, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Uh, you know, focusing on the language here, but the ex-problem drinker, look at that, the ex-problem drinker. Uh, the big book teaches us that we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Ex-problem drinker, the problem has been solved for these alcoholics. When I, Leah, <laughs> introduce myself as a recovered compulsive over aider, I say that uh, first because I am. And second, because my big book promises me that right at the beginning of its pages, that I'm going to get to a place called recovered. I also say that because people who are new, I can let you know the war can be over. You don't have to pick up that first bite again because the glory of God can and will revolutionize your life. But it makes it clear here, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, the solution being a spiritual awakening, the steps are designed to do one thing, and that is to cause a spiritual awakening. And what is meant by that? It's a profound personality change that transforms you from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. But the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, we carry a message of depth and weight, those of us who have recovered can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't eat. I mean, that's a message we heard all over the place, right? Your parents told you don't eat. Your spouse told you don't eat. Your employer told you don't eat. You know, uh, don't eat. You know, that's a message we heard over and over again. Well, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. Those of us who have recovered have a different message. We have a message that through these very steps that are outlined in these first 164 pages, we have gotten to a place called a spiritual awakening. A transformation has occurred, and we are at a place called recovered, where the obsession of the mind has been driven out. It's been expelled. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? 
Okay, then. We'll move on to the next paragraph with Penny E., please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. Vision for you. Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater. That the man who's making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except a sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. Well, I'd like to share. This this is the piece of the program that actually brought me in, you know, um, one compulsive overeater helping another compulsive overeater. Uh, he obviously knows what he's talking about, that his whole deportment shouts, his whole behavior, his whole attitude, the manner in which one conducts himself, you know, that he understands my problem. You know, there was a saying a long time ago, I haven't heard it for a while, but uh, it says, for someone who understands, no explanation is necessary but for someone who doesn't understand, no explanation is possible. And how many times did my parents take me to the pediatrician, the diet doctor, uh, weight, well, I won't even name them, but all the different places people said, just don't eat, don't take money, had my jaws wired shut, couldn't stop. Nobody understood that. I thought I was absolutely insane. But when I got to my first OA meeting, and everybody said, I, you know, the speaker said, I was going to eat one, and I ended up eating all 12. Everybody laughed. I thought, I am in the right place. These people know what they're talking about. And they are recovered. They are recovered. Um, who could possibly, who could possibly, possibly understand that I can't help myself? You know, once I eat one, I have to eat the whole darn thing. Until it's gone. Even if I throw it in the trash and at the time threw ashes on it, I was a smoker, I would destroy the stuff so I couldn't eat it. If it was at all possible, I'd wash it off and eat it anyway. Who could possibly understand that except the person like you who are out there this morning shaking their heads, you know? This is so powerful. One compulsive overeater helping another compulsive overeater. Uh, the 12th step, you know? I'm so grateful to be a part of this program. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Deb. Hi, Leah. It's Audrey. Deb and then Audrey. Thank you. Oh, good morning, Leah. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Deb. I am a compulsive overeater and recovered by the grace of God today. I, wow, um, just like Penny said, wow, you know, that he has no attitude of holier than thou. Nothing would ever accept the sincere desire to be helpful. See, I'm no different than you, than anybody else who's out there, you know, who has this disease. Um, how could I have an attitude of holier than thou? What would make me better than anyone else who's on this line? You know, we, we talk in, in um, the 12 and 12, right? We always had to be on the top of the heap or we were at the bottom of the pile. It is so beautiful, so beautiful to be a part of. 
something and not have to be on top of the heap and not believe I am at the bottom of the pile. My name is Deb. I'm a compulsive overeater. By the grace of God, I am recovered, and that's why I have a message to carry. And why wouldn't I carry it? Look at the last line. After such an approach, the books told me how to behave. Many take up their beds and walk again. That is powerful that I get to be used as a vessel for healing, for healing from a disease that impacts everyone's family, the people around them that they love. You know, why wouldn't I spend my time doing that? Um, Again, my name is Deb. I'm a compulsive overreader. I'm no different. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Deb. Audrey. Good morning. Good morning, uh, uh, fellows. My name is Audrey. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. How extraordinary that here it is on Labor Day 2012, and have we not all labored over the addict and the ego that was just run amok? And here we are in a fellowship that in all situations, all circumstances, all walks of life, all faiths, um, all genders, all nationalities, etc., that we get to stand on common ground of doing a few simple things every day. Um, I can hear my sponsor's voice in my head saying, maybe tomorrow we can get all upset about something, but for now we could just get over ourselves and go serve somebody. And I think, wow, here we are in a fellowship that we've seen it all. We've been either face down in the food and face down in the toilet and or both. And in this moment, we get that daily reprieve to be recovered. Not that it's some destination that we're going to someday get to, but that we're in this moment able to claim being recovered because we do a few simple things in this moment. I had someone say to me, they're very uncomfortable with the term recovered because that implies that it's done. Well, It's not like buying a couch. It doesn't just sit there. We're alive. It's alive. And in this moment, we get to either be, A, recovered and surrendered so that we may be of service to others, or we're battling it out with the ego and the addict. And so what I love about this passage that we're reading is that it's evidence that in this moment, we can indeed claim being recovered so that we may be uh, of service to other people to live a life of sane and happy usefulness. And as my sponsor said to me a couple of years ago, she said, don't worry about it. If you give up the addict, uh, it's always going to give you another opportunity to uh, give you a run for your money. So I just think that uh, what, a, what a grace it is to have our fellows to share this lovely Labor Day and to be not laboring in the disease, but laboring uh, and being present and being recovered. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Leah. Thank you so much. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, go ahead, please. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about. You know, that's what I needed. That's what I needed. I didn't even know that's what I needed, but that's what I needed. Someone who stood in my shoes, but who was on the other side. You know, how wonderful it was to know what my problem was, that it was not my willpower or my intellect or my lack of motivation or strength or my personal determination. 
that had kept me prisoner, that this person who stood there with my same experience could explain to me, could show me by their experience that they knew exactly what they were talking about. You know, I I believe that our higher power has equipped us with a very, very unique experience that we can pass on. And that this person who passed the message on to me stood there before me with no holier-than-thou attitude, but said, I am like you, and I have found a way out. Nothing but that sincere desire to be helpful. And why was that? Because she knew it was saving her own life. She knew it was saving her own life by carrying this message to me. And boy, I tell you, that had depth and weight as well. That part of the message touched me. And I could see that there, you know, she wasn't asking me for big bucks. She wasn't asking me to pay a lot of money for this solution. And I had already tried to pay a lot of money for a solution. That there was no lecturing, but all there was was this beautiful sharing of experience, strength, and hope. And boy, was that effective. Boy, was that effective that I could see she stood before me shining with that light of recovery. And if you've seen somebody shining with that light of recovery, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And I could see that this person was an ex-problem compulsive overeater, that they had a solution that was working for them. And it didn't take long to win my confidence because she could match me Incident for incident, she could match me experience for experience. They might not have matched in every possible detail, but the underlying message was there. She knew what she was talking about because she had been there. And that was different. That was different from any doctor, any psychiatrist, any any lovely family member, any intimate friend that had tried to share with me what they thought might be helpful. Here was someone who had stood in my shoes and who had found the way out. What a powerful message that is to carry. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Judy B. from Massachusetts. Go ahead, Judy that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect, that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful. When I look at the word deportment and I think about um, the meaning of our whole deportment, meaning our whole behavior, our attitude, our manner, you know, how how we are seen as conducting ourselves. This is what shouts at the new prospect and and of others that see us uh, as we live our life. I think about my deportment when I was into the food. I would go to uh, family gatherings, and one day I would be um, abstinent, just you know, I just wouldn't touch certain things. And then a month later at a different activity, 
there I was filling my face. I mean, I had, I had nothing to, to offer other people at that point because I was just so unpredictable. You know, my manner of living was not dependable. And, um, and here it just states so, so clearly that, that our whole deportment shouts at the new prospect, and that is uh, what I pray for in my um, recovery, that, um, that my actions will speak louder than, uh, than any words I, I can say, that, that I really want to sincerely help other people, and I pray that, um, that God will use me in this manner. And I'm just so grateful that this program is here and that um, change is possible. Change is possible with this program because God makes it possible. And we can, we can truly, <clears throat> excuse me, we can truly approach others and uh, help them to take up their beds and walk again. It's just such a beautiful program. With that, I pass. Thank you, Judy. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Monica. Monica, go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And these two paragraphs that we just read here, I'm seeing a lot of instructions for those who have gone through the process who, uh, to carry, how to carry on our message to those who are still suffering. Um, you know, it says, we have no attitude of holier than now. Nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful. That there's no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. Here they're giving us some instruction, some information from experience here of how one who has received um, recovery speaks to another who doesn't have recovery. We can't forget where we come from. You know, and the last thing we wanted when we were still suffering is to have somebody shaking their finger down at us and telling us, um, you know, this is the way you need to do it. This is, um, you know, I'm better than you. I know, just, you know, all this stuff. And so for me, there's in good information here for people who have are recovered, that it is so important that re, as recovered people that we do carry this message to others who are still suffering because there's so many out there dying. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. My name is Leah. I'm a compulsive overeater. Yes, I too wanted to focus on uh, that he has no attitude of holier than now, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful. Uh, yes, the big book's talking about sponsorship here. You know, when when those of us that are recovered speak, you know, these are not stories about uh, personal success. When I speak, it's not about personal recognition or glorification of self, you know, or or personal success. That's that's not what the message is all about. Our message is my message is about what God can do when we cooperate with his grace. This is a story about what happened to me uh, through, through enough suffering and enough pain and enough degradation that broke me down, uh, you know, so that uh, I essentially had to die. The ego had to die before I could be born again. This is about 
what happens when we throw ourselves at God. You know, I was suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And that's, uh, the, you know, that's what we offer here is, is uh, that, uh, you know, to the newcomer, that if you're, you're a compulsive overeater and you're eating yourself to death like I was and you're looking for a way out, well, those of us that are recovered, we know exactly where you're coming from because that's where we were too. <laughs> you know, and, and, and someone brought this big book to life. They cracked it open for me, and uh, they took me by the hand, and they led me through these same steps, you know, that we study every day on this line. And because of the implementation of these action steps, I had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, and I don't live that way anymore. I don't eat like an animal anymore. I don't eat myself to death anymore. I don't eat myself to the gates of insanity anymore. I don't live that way. The worst moment of my life was the beginning of a new life for me. And if you don't want to live that way anymore, then you can do what we did. And we can take you by the hand and let us walk with you, and you can apply these very same steps that we applied in our own lives, and you can have a spiritual awakening too. And then you can reach out your hand to the next person. This is a program of attraction. It's not a program of promotion. This is the glorification of God, what God can and will do, how he revolutionizes our lives if we let him. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Judith. Judith, go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Judith, compulsive overeater. When I walked into my first meeting, you guys told me I had a disease. And that was the best news I ever got because I had been seeking help in psychiatry. I could not ever believe that any of the diet clubs would work for me because I believed that I had a serious, serious mental problem. I would never have called it a mental illness, but something had happened to me when I was little, and it was really, really horrible, and the only way I could hope to stop overeating was if I found out what that one horrible incident was, and so I was going to sitting across the desk from a skinny guy, and he couldn't begin to understand what was going on with me. And I am so grateful that you guys told me that I had a disease and that just changed the whole way I approached everything. Thanks. For that I pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Katie. Katie, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater recovered by God's grace. Um, The thing I uh, focus on is this, until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Um, I've worked with so many people who I thought were um, ready for this message, and I myself thought I was ready for this message for years. I went to the rooms and, and wanted what other people had, but I didn't want to do what they did. I didn't want the actual solution. I just wanted to be better. And I just kept coming back, and eventually I did get the message that I had to 
surrender my will and my life to uh, the care of God. Um, and I think, you know, in this previous paragraph, it, it, it talks about how we have wrecked all of our relationships. So it's no wonder that we can't, um, we don't listen to our, our spouses and our parents and our friends because usually they've given up on us. But in the room, we have this strange way of never giving up on someone. I mean, I've never seen someone, when I see someone walk back into the room who's been out there uh, in the research and development um, phase, when they come back into the room, I never shun them. We don't do that. We welcome people back no matter how many times they come back. We have this... Um, ability to accept people where they are and and you don't find that in the regular world um, because because people just don't get it they don't get what it's like to hear this message over and over because most people I don't I don't even know what it is but you know people have a problem if someone has cancer they don't say well you know I think I'll wait till next year to have that you know mastectomy because right now I'm really enjoying, you know, what I'm doing, and it's really not that bad. I mean, you just don't do that. But what we do is we um, we just keep thinking that we're going to find something new and exciting in a diet that's going to work, that's going to um, make us thin, and then we're going to be able to eat, you know, small portions of fancy food. And, you know, until we're ready until we are really ready to understand this concept, that's what we do. We just keep going back out there. But those of us who have recovered are sitting here waiting and willing to embrace the newcomer. And it doesn't matter how many times you've walked through that door, how many times you've introduced yourself as a newcomer, it doesn't matter. We are always here waiting and ready to help the newcomer. And um, who is that off that? Thank you, Katie. And thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I'm going to ask Judy B. to read from page 164, please. Thanks. Good morning, Leah. This is Judy B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. And I pass.